All righty, take your Bibles out. <clears throat> Turn them to the first chapter of Joshua. It's the sixth book of the Bible, right after Deuteronomy. I want to ask you again, if you would, uh, I mentioned this last week, I'll mention it a couple more times. Get out a, bring paper and pen, or bring a pen, something, scribble a few notes. I don't expect you to hang on every word that I say and transcribe the sermon. I can get you a copy of the sermon. What I want you to do is to write down things that you hear that are important for two reasons. Number one, it'll help you remember. When you write, scientifically proven, when you take notes, you remember better. And number two, I'm praying that this week God will come up to each person in here and give you an opportunity this week to have to give this to somebody. We don't learn this just for ourselves. We've really done a disservice to ourselves in the church by saying that we come to church every Sunday morning to get filled up so that we can battle our way through the week and then get our batteries recharged the next week. Yeah, that's a little bit of it, but you know what? We are to change the world. We learn this to give it away. It's not ours to hold on to and to coddle and hold tightly. It is ours to get and give away just as fast as we can. Can you imagine what Jones County would be like if everybody was a Bible-believing Christian? Can you imagine what Macon would be like? I was talking to somebody yesterday that said that they quit listening to W13, uh, W13, 13WMAZ News. They quit listening to it because every time they turned it on, somebody was shot, somebody was robbed, something bad had happened in Macon. You know what? Christians don't typically do that kind of stuff. Imagine what it would be like. Imagine what it would be like. And our job is to give it away. So that's what we want to do this morning. We want to learn something that will work for us, that will draw us closer to Christ. And this week when somebody, God brings somebody in our path, we'll be able to say to them, wait a minute, that brilliant, can I say middle-aged, would that work? Brilliant middle-aged pastor of ours. His sermon dealt with just what you're thinking of this morning. If middle age is, no, I'm old. Lao Tzu, anybody hear of him? Lao Tzu, he was a 6th century Chinese philosopher. And he had a proverb that he spoke that has become very popular over the years. And it is, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Y'all can impress people with your knowledge this week. Lao L-A-O-T-Z-U is the guy, 6th century Chinese philosopher. He is the uh, one that Taoism or Taoism, depending on where you come from, that religion is based off of his proverbs. He came up with this one. Motivational speakers have made tons of money off of that, that proverb because that proverb is very, very true. That's where the name of our single step weekend came from. That's what inspired us. There is no getting around the fact that to go anywhere to do anything, you've got to take a single step. You've got to make your mind up to move, and then you've got to take that first step. I can imagine that many of you in here think about, think about the day that you walk down the aisle in a Baptist church 
I don't know, maybe you weren't like me. Maybe you just busted out, come trotting down, and, and yep, and here I was. I didn't work that way. I'm sitting back here in, in, at Davis Chapel Baptist Church, and I'm thinking that behind me there's about 47,000 people sitting back there, and they're all watching me. And I hear God call in my voice and say, Randy, I have saved you. You need to go forward. You need to be baptized. And it's like somebody had nailed my feet to the floor. And those feet stayed nailed for two solid years. Until my little brat brother, in a revival one night, slings an elbow and says, I'm going down. And when he said, I'm going down, I thought, well, if that little wimp can do it, so can I. And I took the single step. And once I took that first step, I don't even remember the rest of it. I remember sitting in the pew. I don't remember the rest of it. I don't remember walking down. Single step. Single step. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. In the story that we're looking at here from Joshua, Joshua has to decide, like all of us do, if he's going to take that first step or not. He's, prevented, he's presented with a very challenging thing that he's supposed to do, and he's got to decide, am I going to do it? Am I not? Joshua's a very interesting character. We sort of puzzle about the way people are in the Bible, and we make them into these larger-than-life people, but Joshua's just a guy like everybody else. He is a nondescript person. He was Moses' assistant. That's what he was. Just a common kind of guy. He was nothing special. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride kind of guy. He was always number two. He lived his entire life being number two to Moses. Now, Moses' story, Moses had just died just short of the promised land. But before he died, now he took this guy that had been number two. Think about this. You've been the assistant all of your life. Always beside the guy, always do this, do this, and you do this, do this, and you do what he tells you to do. You've been the assistant all of your life, and as he's dying, he lays his hands on you, and he says, dude, you are now the man. You're going to lead these people. You are the head man. You are the top dog. You're the king ding. You are the man which is in charge. You are going forward. You are the man. You are the man that God has chosen to lead all of these people out here. There's like a 1.2 million people out there. You're going to lead them into the promised land. You are the man. Listen to the story again. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, y'all know I've told you over and over when we read Scripture, pay attention to the words. Pay attention to what words are used and where they're placed and how they're used. 
Did you notice something right off the bat here? The writer of the book of Joshua wants you to know right off the bat that Joshua was Moses' assistant, right? First sentence, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, he could have stopped there and just gone in. He says, Moses' assistant, first sentence, want you to understand that. I went to blb.org, that's one of my favorite places to do searches, and I searched for the name Joshua. Before, this, before the book of Joshua, Joshua is not mentioned a whole lot in the Bible. There was three or four little places that I found him that, that where he was mentioned. Once he was appointed by Moses to gather up all the Israelites that could fight and take them into battle against Amalek, against the Amalekites. Now you think, wow, this guy, you know, he's a leader of combat. He's going to take people into battle. He must be something. But then you read the story and you start to find out that, you know what, he goes into battle, but the story's about Moses. Moses, y'all, some of you remember the story. Moses goes up on a high hill, and he holds his hands up. And as he holds his hands up, the Israelites start winning, and the Amalekites start losing. But have you ever held your hands up for a long, long time? And you notice they start getting really, really heavy. And after a while, you can't hold them up any longer. And your arms start coming down. And when his arms came down to rest, then the Amalekites started winning and the Israelites started losing. I have this image in my mind of Moses standing up on top of the hill just sort of playing with it a little bit going, ah, ah, and watching rump, 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 going back and forth. No, it didn't work that way. I just have the image in my head. I know, I can't help myself. And so he's, he's doing everything he can because he's sinned, but he's tired. So Aaron and Hur went up on the mountain with him. They sit him down, and they get one under each arm, and they hold his arms up. And as long as his arms are up, they win, and eventually Israel wins the battle, beats the Amalekites. And we hear Joshua took them into battle, but we read the story and find out that Moses is the one that made everything happen, sort of, kind of. But then you read the story in Exodus, and you see God whisper something into Moses' ear that helps you understand something. The Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the heavens. Write this as a memorial in a book. He did in the book of Exodus. It's Exodus 17. And recite it in the ears of Joshua. This is a long time before Moses is going to die. There's, there's years to go before this has happened. And yet God's telling Moses, you make sure that you recite this in Joshua's ears. There's another word that could be used there. It's the word rehearse. Have you ever been in a play or you're going to sing in front of an audience or you're going to speak in front of an audience, you're going to do something in front of people, you rehearse. You do it what? Over and over and over and over and over again. That's what this, that's what this word means. It means that Moses is supposed to go to Joshua and on a very regular basis say, Joshua, God will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. God's going to take care of this, Joshua. God's in charge, Joshua. Recite this to Joshua. I can hear Joshua saying to himself, 
I'm going to lead these guys into battle. And then I get down there to battle and I look up and there's Moses. And if Moses hadn't done his thing, we would have lost. So it really wasn't my great prowess as a warrior that won this thing. It's Moses. I'm just his second-hand man. I'll always be a second-hand man. That's really all I can do. It's all about Moses. And God's saying to Moses, recite this, rehearse this in Joshua's ear, burn it into his brain. He's going to lead my people into the promised land. Your assistant has to know, Moses, it is not you doing this. It is not you that's doing this. It's me. You make sure he understands that. Joshua, God says, Moses is dead. They mourned for 30 days back then. 30 days. And the end of 30 days, it was over and they moved on. 30 days is up. They've mourned like they're supposed to. Joshua says, Moses is dead. You've mourned. You missed him. It's time for you to move on. Get up. Get moving. It's time to go. The River Jordan is the gateway to the promised land that I promised to you people. Cross it. Take everybody with you. I have been promising you this land since Abraham. It has been hundreds of years. You've been through feast. You've been through famine. You've wandered in the wilderness. You were slaves down in Egypt. But it is time to reap the harvest that I have determined to give to you. So get up. Get up. Get moving. Start walking. Every place that the... Think about this. He told him, every place that the sole of your feet touches will belong to you. Every step you take. I promised it to Moses. I promised it to everybody before Moses. I am promising it to you right now. Everywhere you step, Joshua, in your mind right now, everybody imagine a, a map. You've seen them in your Bibles and all of you older folks, you know, we used to have them plastered all over the walls in the church and all this stuff. Get that Israel picture in your map, in your mind. Envision that Middle East picture in your mind. He told, he told Joshua, River Euphrates at the north, that is current day Iraq. In Syria. Israel's down here, guys. This is Iraq and Syria. He says that it's going to go down to the wilderness. The wilderness was the Sinai Peninsula. That's down there by Egypt. So it's going to go all the way from Iraq and Syria, all the way over to the Great Sea, all the way over to the Mediterranean. He's saying every bit of that, you are going to take these people and it's going to be your land. I'm not going to ask how many of you played Powerball this week because I don't want you to have to lie because you'll feel guilty and say, I can't raise my hand even though you bought $100 worth of tickets. $1.5 billion. I know, at least I know that you did what I did and what everybody in my family did. You watch this on television, you see the, the billboards that can only have nines on them now. They, there's so many numbers, they can't get any more. And you went home, did you? Every one of you went home, every last one of you went home. Tell me you did. I know you did. You went home and you figured out how you would spend that money if you had it. Mm-hmm. Except there was a problem. 
1.5 billion? What do you do with that? I could find something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I thought about what would I do with that kind of money? Everybody gets a new car. (laughs) I get a new car. Everybody in the family gets a new car. Everybody gets their house paid off. We buy a little bit of land. We put some money in the bank. All I really want out of life is just that when something breaks, I can go to the bank and get the money and not have to worry about it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get along with here. You yeah, know, $1.5 billion, what do you do with that? I can't even conceive the number. That's huge. Give everybody in here a million dollars, and I've still got more money than I know what to do with. Give you $2 million, I'm still stuck. I don't know. It's inconceivable. Joshua is standing there in front of $1.5 billion. God's telling him, you have never had a home. Ever. Slaves in Egypt, wandered in the wilderness, living in tents. And now he's standing in front of the promised land, going to get more territory than he can even imagine. God's saying, everywhere you put your foot, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours, this is yours, this is yours. Everywhere your foot goes, it belongs to you. And then nobody can stop you. That's what he says. Not a soul can stop you. Remember the battle with the Amalekites, Joshua? It wasn't Moses that won that battle. It was me. And I win. And I win every time. And I will win again. And I will win again. And I will win again. And you will lead my people. And we know what kind of people they are. They'll get in your face one day, Moses, and when they get in your face, I'll win. And you'll meet people that will oppose you, and when they oppose you, I'll win. And when you go into battle against mighty warriors in this land that are bigger than you and have better weaponry than you and are better prepared than you, you will win. Nobody, nobody can stand against you. Mark my word, Joshua, I will not fail you. I will never leave you alone. Be strong. Be of good courage. Get out of your chair. Get moving. Now, be strong and of good courage. What does that mean? I mean, we we have the words in our mind. What do these words really mean? Be strong. You know what be strong means? It doesn't mean make up your mind that you're going to do it. Your strength comes from there. Be strong means to resolutely make up your mind that I am going to do this thing. It does not matter what. I may have woken up this morning and not feel like it. I'm still going to do this thing. I may have woken up this morning and I feel sick to my stomach. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to do this thing. My arm may have fallen off. I'm still going to do this thing. My legs may have been cut off. I'm still going to do this thing. I may have to crawl in the dust on the ground, chewing dust every step that I take, and it doesn't matter. I am still going to do this thing. Nothing will stop me. That's what it means to be strong. That's what it means to be strong. My mind is made up. Be mentally strong and then of good courage, physically strong, brave, and bold. I like bold. Just step out and do it. 
And that's what he's telling Joshua. I have chosen you. I have chosen you to lead my people to the land of promise, to the people, to the land that I promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You will cause this to happen. What if God is saying that to you today about revival wherever you are? I have chosen you. I have chosen you. I want to awaken this land. I've said it before, I'll say it a million times. Donald Trump ain't going to get it done. Ted Cruz, not going to get it done. Marco Rubio is not going to get it done. Jeb Bush, God forbid, won't get it done. Hillary Clinton, please. And Bernie Sanders, I'm telling you right now, Bernie Sanders, I want to have dinner with Bernie because I think he would be a cool guy to sit down and talk to, but God forbid that he becomes president of the United States. I just want to see him. I want to sit down and have dinner with him and watch, just watch him eat because while we're talking, he's going to keep doing this the whole time he's talking. He's, he's got this thing. Do y'all remember back to, this is way off topic. Do you remember Back to the Future? Y'all remember the movie Back to the Future? Do you remember the professor? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. You know, I, any minute now, he's going to start talking about flux capacitors. It's going to be great. These guys aren't going to do that. They're not going to change anything. We don't need to look to them for, for an awakening in this country. What is holding the country back from changing is that the church is asleep. The church is sitting in the pew. It's the church that's comfortable. What if, what if God is saying to us, be strong and of good courage? Now, who was Joshua? You know, we have this idea in our minds. Who was Joshua? Prior to this scripture, like I said, we know about the Amalekites. There's two other times he was mentioned. Both times he got slapped down by Moses. Both times. I had forgotten that he went up to get the Ten Commandments with Moses. Did y'all remember that? I completely forgot it until I went back and looked. He went up, and all it says, he goes up the mountain, and then it talks about God and Moses, and then he comes back down the mountain to get his slap down. Because, see, he's coming down the mountain, and he goes, Moses, Moses, I hear the sound of war. I hear the sound of war. And Moses looks at him and says, no, you don't. You don't hear the sounds of victory. You don't hear the sounds of defeat. These people are singing. Singing that sounds like war. I'm glad our choir don't sound that way. Singing that sounds like, that's what he's hearing. Singing, he's going, oh, it sounds of war. It sounds of war. There's another time Moses is getting a certain group of men to come out to the temple of meeting that's outside of the camp of the church, of, of the camp, and the, the church building, the the temple they've built, traveling temple, the tent, is outside of camp. These men are supposed to come. All of the men can make it out except two. Tell me that Joshua's not a Baptist. Listen to the story, and you tell me he's not a Baptist. So all of them come out except these two. And while they come out, the Spirit of God descends on these people, and they start just going crazy, talking about the wonders of God, how wonderful God is, prophesying to all this stuff in the name of God. Well, back in the camp, these other two guys that were supposed to go, 
We don't know why they couldn't. They just couldn't go. These two guys, the Spirit of God descends on them, and they start doing it too. And somebody sees these two guys because they think that something's really wrong here. And so they go running over to Moses to tell Moses that these two guys back in the camp are doing the same thing that they're doing out here. And Joshua hears it and he says, you've got to tell them stop. They're not in church. You can't do that anywhere but in church. They can't act that way over there. What's the matter with these people? Moses, make them stop. Only in church do you worship God like that. And Moses looks at him and he says, Joshua. I wish everybody had God like they do. Come on, Baptist, wake up, brother. It'll be all right. God wants to descend on them. God can descend on them. So he takes them to battle, and Moses is the one that gets it done. Comes down off the mountain, can't tell the difference between war and singing. Goes to church, finds out that he's got church all messed up. You the man. You the man. You're the one that's going to lead my people. Just a guy. He's just a guy. I think the Bible's working very hard to make it plain to us that Joshua is us. There are days, and you know there are days, that you can slay every dragon that comes your way. You can't wait to get to school. You can't wait to wear those kids out. Can't wait to get to work. Show them who's the boss today. Can't wait to do the things that I got to do today. I'll go to class. I'll show that teacher who's the smartest one in here. I'll play football today. I'll show everybody who's the best. And we have days that way. And then we have other days that we can't tell the difference between a dragon and a lizard. Every little thing that runs across our path scares us to death. Have you ever done that? Have you ever walked by? I'm skittish about snakes and things that crawl on the ground. And be walking by like somebody's azaleas. And you're walking by and all of a sudden you hear the little tsh beside you. And you go, <coughs> scream like a girl. Yeah, 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 that's that day. That's that day. Think of the thoughts that Joshua could be having when he's being told. Me, Lord? Me? Really? You want me to lead these people? Most of the time I can't tell up from down, God. Lord, did you notice that it's the rainy season? You want me to cross, you want me to cross the Jordan River? It's at flood stage. The water is everywhere. I've got a million people to get across that river. How's that going to happen? And Lord, we've sent spies into the land already. The first place we're going to run across is Jericho. <laughs> I don't have Moses to hold his hands up anymore. What am I going to do? Do you think that played in his mind just a little bit? Do you think? You know, we want to make all these Bible guys out to be superheroes. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a minute. I do not believe and you can disagree with me and you can go talk bad about me today if you want to. That'll be fine. I don't believe when Jesus said, follow me, that the disciples just went, boom, let's go. I don't no more believe that than the man on the moon. I believe they followed him. The scripture says that they got up and followed him. And I believe one or two of them immediately got up and followed him. That's the way Matthew puts it. 
But I suspect every last one of them thought about, what about the wife? What about the kids? What about dad? You know, a couple of them worked for their dad. What about dad? What are the people in town going to think? And it may have just taken a minute or two, but you know it raced through their minds because that's who we are. And I know this race through Joshua's mind. God says to him three times, not once, not twice, but three times says to him, be strong and courageous. Why did he do it three times? I can almost hear Joshua's thoughts or maybe even said it out loud to God. Lord, I'm not Moses. I can't do this. I don't even want to try. Lord, I just did what Moses told me to do. I didn't come up with any of this stuff on my own. And besides that, Moses is dead. And you know, I just, I just don't want to do this stuff anymore. Be strong and courageous, Joshua. Oh, but Lord, you don't be strong and courageous, Joshua. Lord, be strong and courageous, Joshua. Get up. I'm going to change the world and you are going to do it. Get up. Take that first single step towards me. I'll do the rest. Get up. I hope you see yourself all over this story. There's a whole lot more we're going to talk about. But think about Joshua. How much of him is in us? How much of us is in him? However that works. How many times have we been faced? Be honest now. How many times have we been faced? How many times have you been faced hearing Jesus in your heart saying, come, follow me? How many times? How many times? Not just salvation. I mean after you're saved. And you hear, here we go, here we go. Come follow me, come follow me. And we go, not now, not me. I don't know, Lord. Is that what I'm saying? Is that your will for my life, Lord? What am I? I got to figure out your will for my life. I got to know, Lord, what's coming next. Fred mentioned yesterday in our uh, in our training the, the 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 verse that God's word is a, a light unto my feet. You hold a light up, you can only see so far in front of you. You can't see fifty feet, hundred feet, two hundred feet away. A light's right here. He's not going to tell you everything. He's going to say, get up, take a step. I'll show you as you need to know. How many times have we heard the same words as Joshua? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Go to the book of Hebrews. You'll find it written there. Or maybe just go to Matthew chapter 28 at the Great Commission where Jesus says, and lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. We quote all the time, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Or, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And we love those. There's so many more of them. We love those verses. We hang on to them. We cherish them. They ring in our ears. They ring true in our hearts. We count on them. We lean on them when times get tough. But when it comes to that next step of our Christian walk, that step beyond being a sinner saved by grace, that next 
step, living a new life, a brand new life of following Jesus into the promised land that he has called all of us into, we think the same thoughts as Joshua. I don't know, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. Scripture gives us the cure for I don't know. I win the battles, God says. I win the battles. You trust me. Trust me. Get up out of your chair. Take a single step. I'll take it from there. And I'll show you. No one can oppose you. No one can stop you. Nothing can get in your way. Because I win every time. But I've got to have you get up out of your chair and take one single step. Be strong. Make up your mind this is what you're going to do. Be brave. Be bold. Get up. Take one single step. Not tomorrow. Right now. Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we can twist and tangle it and do all kinds of crazy things with it. Say that it doesn't apply. I see you, Lord. I see you in the things that you do. You tell us in Romans that that you're plainly evident in your creation. I've seen you there. Sit down sometimes and look out across the the fields and have you take my breath away. See my wife and children and I wonder how does things get any better than this? I see you when people are hurting and somebody changes chairs so they can get beside them and put their arm around them. Don't say a word. Just do it. I see you, Lord, in situations where we think things are impossible, and yet somehow it happens anyway. It's because you can't be beat. Be evident to us, Father. Call out with a voice louder than you've called out before. So many people want to say that this is the end of time. Lord, even if it is, you promise in the book of Joel that there'll be a latter rain, that there'll be an awakening before the end of time comes, that there'll be a mass of people that are saved. Lord, if that's where we are, call us out. Loudly. And cause us to be bold and courageous and to make up our minds. I pray that you're in somebody's heart this morning, tugging, pulling, and that they can take a single step. In Christ's name.